Hello and welcome to the Diz Unplugged Roundtable Discussion for July 10th, 2007. From Orlando, Florida, I'm your host, Pete Warner, joined each week by our Orlando team, including Bob Varley, Julie Martin, Corey Martin, Kevin Close, and John Magi. This week we'll tell you about the top news stories on the Diz, including the announcement that the Epcot sign alongside Spaceship Earth will be coming down. Corey and Julie Martin will give us an update after spending a week in the parks with a 10-year-old girl. Kevin Close has a review of Chef Mickey's for us. And in our continuing Christmas in July series, we'll talk about holiday events on board the Disney Cruise Line. All that plus listener emails and roundtable rapid fire on this week's edition of the Diz Unplugged Roundtable. Now, before we get started this week, there are a few housekeeping items I would like to mention. And um, I, I first, I hate doing this, but um, because I hate asking people to go out and and vote for us, but I'm going to ask people to go out and, and vote for us. Um, <laughs> We're trying to get the podcast scene, you know, some exposure beyond the Diz, and you know, some of the ways that is really effective to do that is, you know, good reviews for us on iTunes. Uh, Corey recently put up links to uh, Podcast Alley where you can go and vote for us each month, and uh, these things give us some really good, uh, some really good exposure. So we're going to put these links on the show notes page. If you're so inclined, if you like the show, if you want to go out and give us a vote, I would appreciate it. We would all appreciate it. <laughs> this <laughs> announcement was approved by the podcast crew. <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, also, a couple of our, a couple of our, our, our site, our, our listeners um, were very nice and uh, went ahead and submitted our show for consideration for the uh, yearly podcast awards. Now, I was not going to do that this year. I was going to wait till next year to do it. I hadn't intended to. You know, put the show up for consideration this year, but um, some of our, you know, like I said, some of our listeners very nicely um, went ahead and, and and did that. So we're gonna have a link to that too, <laughs> if you don't mind going. I'm gonna need new clothes for the award show. Yes, you are <laughs> for the red carpet. <laughs> it's cool. So you know, I, I like I said, I hate I hate asking Shopping. asking for votes. You know, but. Um, Vote. Well, it's not like you're running for homecoming queen. Let's do a t-shirt. <laughs> kind of. But I could. Let's do a t-shirt. It is kind of like running for homecoming like queen. Um, Please vote. So <laughs> we'll have uh, we'll have links to all that stuff on the. Uh, vote for Pedro. Please, vote for Pedro. Please, yeah. please. <laughs> all right. So. I don't even know what that means. You see that on people's t-shirts. John, you've never seen Napoleon Dynamite? No. Okay, you need yeah. to watch the movie. You know what? I saw it, but I slept through it. We saw the first 15 minutes of it. Oh, yeah, it was a snoozer for us. Oh, well, man, that's a great a, movie. It was a great, very funny movie. Um, now, the only other thing I want to do, I want to make sure I mention, because I, I forgot to do it the, uh, last week, is to go check out our Diz Unplugged discussion forums at disboards.com. Uh, getting busier and busier each week. You get a chance to chat with some of us here, as well as some of our other roundtable listeners and We'll have a link to that on the show notes page as well. So with that out of the way, we're going to go ahead and get started with the news. Number three this week, a 12-year-old cancer patient from the U.K. will finally be able to take her dream trip to Walt Disney World. After 20 separate insurance companies refused to insure Paige Natal's trip to Orlando, it looked as though her chances of visiting Walt Disney World were slim. That is until a local newspaper in the U.K. published her story and offers of support started coming in. Paige has undergone two surgeries to remove a brain tumor that was discovered in 2005. What a shame, 12-year-old girl. Uh, she was selected last year by the Wish Upon a Star charity to make the trip, 
But when the family applied for travel insurance, they were repeatedly denied. And given the girl's medical situation, traveling without the insurance would have been too costly for the family in the event something had happened and she needed to be hospitalized while she was here. And uh, a local insurance company in the U.K. eventually stepped up and decided to insure the trip after reading about the girl's story in the newspaper. Good. That was a really a really nice story. Good for them. So, you know. But we usually have something snarky to say about your news stories. This no, is one I think we just need just, to leave alone. That's a good one. It's yeah. a good story. It's a good story. I wanted to, you know, and I, I was glad that was one of the top three this week. Because the last few weeks we've had some negative negatives. Yeah. And no, I'm not planning it this way. It's just, you know, I take a look at what the three most popular news stories were on the site. And those are the ones I usually go with unless it's a really stupid one. <laughs> Do we know what the newspaper was that helped her? Um, no. Sorry. The England Sun-Times. <laughs> the British people paper. <laughs> I just asked. It's like <laughs> the London Times. I wanted to give him a plug. I'm sorry. The BF Daily Bugle. Pick one. Oh, wait. <laughs> oh, please. Put it away. Put put. It's his pig machine. Yeah, let's. <laughs> it really it does sound like because a pig. It really, because it really sounds so much like a train. <laughs> okay. You know. I'm Do done. not let Bob be in charge of sound effects. Damn. Like that Simpsons thing. That was ugly. Stop. Just let it rest. <laughs> I didn't even bring it this week. Right. Well, thanks. That's too bad. Thank God. Our number two story this week. Last week, John was uh, joking around about uh, Disney releasing a line of wines around the new Disney Pixar film, Ratatouille. Well, as it turns out, it was not a joke. <laughs> <laughs> And starting in August, Costco will be carrying a wine inspired by the film. The wine will be a white burgundy that will sell for thirteen dollars a bottle. And I, I'll try it. Is it? But I saw the movie though, so it excites you me. You know, I thought it was. Fun. I think they should just sell it at the concession stand. It's only it's wine. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, I, I thought Disney had a pretty pretty strict policy about not attaching their brands, their their kids' brands, to anything. Like that's why you can't you can't find a. You know, you can't go in and find a, a Mickey Mouse-shaped pipe uh, in the Magic Kingdom, or you can't buy, you know, a pack of cigarettes with now, Mickey Mouse I've, on it. I've already come up with an advertising slogan for Buzz Lightyear beer. Buzz I think it's built in. Beer. Buzz Lightyear will get you buzzed. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like something Bob would come up with. Really? Oh, yeah, thanks. really. Boy, that was I want to change seats Apparently again. it's viral. <laughs> he sat next to Bob last week, and now he's got, like, you know... He's coming out with Bobisms. That, that was really good, Kevin. Shut up. <laughs> but I just not. I, I mean, honestly, do do you really think it's a a smart move? Is Disney just willing to throw their brand on anything without respect to the fact that? Yes. You know. Yes. <laughs> yes. Well, you know, he, he was working at a fine dining restaurant. Yeah, I was going to so. say no. I mean, I guess maybe they're trying to target more the adults because I mean, it's a child's movie, but I went and enjoyed it just as much as my ten-year-old yeah, sister. Fun. So for me to be able to have a souvenir that's not a little tiny Remy, <laughs> you know, <laughs> I can just take home a bottle of wine. <laughs> well, why can't why can't they come up with something else that's not alcoholic? Why can't they figure out? I'm sure they that, are. That would be. I think I think coming out with a child's cookbook would be cool. Yeah, mm-hmm. we talked about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. As opposed to, you know, like Winnie the Pooh emodium or something. <laughs> you know, and I, I, I want to be clear. I'm not saying I don't. <laughs> we had a poo comment. Do you have okay, a... should I stop the show? Yeah, I think well, Bob has a sound effect for that. I don't have <laughs> it. I mean, I'm not saying, I, I want to be clear. I'm not saying one way or the other that I think it's a good idea or a bad idea. I just think it's open to discussion that 
Oh, yeah. You know. I'm just pissed that they're not giving me royalties because I came up with it first. Came up with it last week. They heard about it from and, me. And just like the next day? They, they did. Okay. <laughs> Boy. Quick write it down. John thought of it. <laughs> no delusions there. Okay. Um, our number one story this week, the sign is coming down at Spaceship Earth in Epcot. Yay. The 257-foot-tall Mickey Hand alongside Spaceship Earth is being removed in preparation for the park's 25th anniversary this coming October. And uh, this is also going to be done in conjunction with the rehab to the attraction itself, which is now ongoing. And uh, thank good. And this is all because of the uh, the corporate sponsorship of Siemens. Yeah, if they really want to make me happy, and I'm sure that's what they're looking for. I'm sure <laughs> they'll put the lucite sculpture back on top of the fountain in front of Spaceship Earth, yeah. right where it belongs. It's gone. It should be back there. End of story. I'm just trying to think of the uh, the product time in tie-ins for Siemens. <laughs> Can you hear the crash all around the world? <laughs> I, I just do you have the sound of iPods clicking off, <laughs> <laughs> being thrown against the wall. That was a good one, John. <laughs> so. I'm I'm glad it's coming down. It's going to take some getting used to, though, because it's been up there for so long it's now. Gonna it's it's going to look naked. Yeah, yeah. it is going to look naked. I, see, I, I am one of those people. I know that there are, you know, the purists that. Oh, you can't put. They shouldn't have put that up. It looks this. It looks awful. It's garish. Those are the people that don't like change. I just you know what? <laughs> I'm okay with the sign at Epcot. I thought it was cool. It's the hat at MGM that needs to come down. Yeah, that. That's it's, it's kind of in the way. The I feel. Ha- well, the hat was put there and on purpose. The worst was the pink, ca- the pink cake. Well, the pink cake. When they did that to the castle. The hat yeah. was put there to hide the. That was pretty awful. The, the Chinese theater, Grum's Chinese theater. That's Which why the hat was like put the brother there. Grum's. But why hide it? Because it was their it was their icon, and they wanted a different icon than the oh. Chinese theater, so they put the big screwy hat. No, the MGM icon used to be the water tower with the ears on. I was going to say that was true. never their icon. Their icon was the water yeah. tower. Yeah, now but when you came up Main uh, Hollywood Boulevard, that's what you saw, and I, there was an issue. Yeah, coming and I can't into remember. the park, you, you know, you've got the Cinderella yeah. Castle, you see mm-hmm. Magic Kingdom, you've got. Uh, spaceship Earth, you see at Epcot. You've got the Tree of Life at Animal Kingdom. You've got Grandma's Chinese Theater right. at the end of the big was, Aqua Tree. Well, there was there was something <laughs> with a trademark that the uh, Hollywood Chinese Theater had an issue with it, and I think that's what they did. They covered it up with a hat, um, like most problems. <laughs> <up with> a <laughs> hat. <laughs> Can't do anything else. Put a hat over it. <laughs> Well, I guess that's going to wrap it up for the news this week. <laughs> End our show. <laughs> All right, let's uh, move on and uh, do rapid fire. Who would like to start this week? I want to. Of course you do, dear. <laughs> People told me they missed me. I did that last did week for you. you. We <laughs> missed you terribly last week. We miss you every week. Um, mine has to do with Epcot. Uh, actually, Japan and Epcot. They're renaming the Mitsukoshi Teppanyaki Dining, the Matsunoma Lounge, and Tempura Kiku. That's going to be trouble for me in the future. <laughs> no, Bob, the names are much easier now. I so, don't think um, so, as you guys know, the refurbishment ends uh, August 20th. And then Mitsukoshi Teppanyaki is becoming Teppan Ido. Um, the cuisine will feature the talents of the Teppan chefs. And then also the Matsunoma Lounge and Tempura Kiku are going to just be called Tokyo Dining. But, um,. Anyway, <laughs> it'll be a sushi restaurant that focuses on Japan's Edo period. And I didn't know if people would know what that was. So um, Edo is actually the ancient name for Tokyo, and it represents the traditional culture, and it has a romantic image kind of like the Italian Renaissance or the American Wild West for us. So just a little something for your knowledge. 
Before we go on, last week we know, um, we said, or the week before, we talked about the name of the new Italian restaurant being Tutto Italia. Mm-hmm. That's the interim name. That's not the permanent new name. It means everything Italian, but it's only that restaurant that's going to be open until they actually open the, the, the new, restaurant. new restaurant. Okay. I didn't think, I thought we should tell people that. Cool. Huh? Well, thank you, Kevin. Thank you, Julie. And Corey. Oh, the um, U.S. Open Water Ski Championships are taking place at Downtown Disney, um, September 15th to the 16th. Athletes will compete in slalom, tricks, and jumping events, as well as, um, well, stuff. Other water stuff. 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 <laughs> yeah, the, the event takes place from 7 to 10 along the lakefront of Downtown Disney, and there'll be food carts out there, with, uh, as well as beer and soda stations. So. 7 to 10 at night? Yeah, p.m. On the water? There yep. are lights. And immigrants. <laughs> God. There'll, be, there'll be immigrants. They'll have the parade of immigrants will be there. On now, the this jets, is the eighth year they're doing this. I've never uh, known it was there before. Me either. That's funny. So. But Sounds it stays, like fun, though. It stays light until what? Yeah, but even yeah. almost nine. Yeah. But the fact that it's the U.S. Open Water Ski Championships, these people are probably awesome to watch. Yeah. It's not like that show at Universal. <laughs> <laughs> They're pretty cool. Over there I don't too. know. They I'm were seeing, okay. I'm seeing two of the guys fell. <laughs> they were okay. I'm so seeing Cypress Gardens with the women on top of each other. <laughs> but yeah. All right. Well, thank you, Corey. <laughs> Kevin, I what do you couple. have? First of all, and um, we understand that some of the counter service restaurants in Disney World are now uh, stopping people from saving tables. We had this discussion a couple of weeks ago. Yep. Uh, they are posting cast members at the entrance to the seating area, and they're asking people to wait until they have their food and their entire party together, which precludes them from saving tables. It also precludes people from coming out of the line with their trays of food and not being able to find a place to sit. I understand that this is only happening during peak times and in certain restaurants, places like Pecos Bills and Cosmic Rays. This is not widespread yet, but if it works, it might be, or if it doesn't, it might go away. The next thing I have is there uh, are uh, the following are available: uh, the 2007 New Year's Eve specialty cruise rates. Uh, the pontoon boat rentals are four hundred and ninety-five dollar and one cent, including tax, and can accommodate a party of eight. And the premium is a larger pontoon boat, and it's five hundred and forty-five dollars and one cent. What is and with that, the one cent? One cent. I, I think it's tax. Oh, yeah, yeah with the tax, tax inclusive. Um, the larger boat can accommodate a party of 10, and the Wishes audio track from the Magic Kingdom plays on the premium ship, on the premium boat. That's me. cool. Both the, breathless, excuse me, both the Breathless and the Grand One are going to be priced higher, but they haven't released pricing of that. These are the Wishes cruises for the Magic Kingdom for the uh, New Year's Eve. I imagine these are going to go pretty quickly. If mm. you want one, I would call, and you have to have a credit card. And use the bathroom before you go on. Yeah. Several times. <laughs> that is a tremendous increase from the regular price. Oh, yeah. They it's are New Year's Eve. That's double. It's double. Now, our boat driver said, um, I don't know if he said it for New Year's specifically, but I think he said for the 4th of July, they can't even go into the Seven Seas Lagoon. Right. He said he warned us that if you were going looking for a Wishes cruise, don't go on the 4th of July or any of the times when they have the 360 fireworks at the Magic Kingdom. Because they use one of the islands in the middle of the Seven Seas Lagoon to get the 360 effect. Uh, and the boats aren't allowed into Seven Seas Lagoon. They're kept at the water bridge over in Bay Lake. He said, so while it's a holiday and everybody gets excited about that, you actually don't get as good a view. They also have in the water along the shoreline, they have a couple of uh, fireworks uh, stations that are anchored to the 
It's probably why you can't go in there. Yeah. I just so wonder if it's going to be the same for New Year's Eve. I don't Eve. know if they do the 360 on New Year's Eve, the ones yeah. where they go all the way around the, the, the Magic Kingdom. But you might want to ask that if you're interested in a New Year's Eve Wishes Cruise, if it's going to be one of the ones that... I don't think they're going to charge you $500 and then not, not let you get a decent a decent view of the fireworks. That's kind of messed up. I better be able to shoot a couple off for that much money. Yeah, really. I have a bunch of rapid fires. Let's see. First one I have is there's a Disneyland fall package special. Uh, book three nights at any of the Disneyland hotels and get a fourth night free. Um, there's also a good neighbor package associated with that as well. You're looking at uh, you have to book now through November 1st of 2007, and it's for traveling August 19th through December 12th of 2007. This is an excellent deal. Yeah, it sounds good. If you're going to Disneyland. And, I mean, these are a lot of dates. It makes me want to go. Yeah, there's so much to do just in that area <laughs> that even if you don't need to spend that fourth day in the park, just having an extra day to do stuff in South Carolina. South Carolina? <laughs> <laughs> Is that where the new park's going? That's a little far. You going to Hilton Head? <laughs> I meant Southern California. Um, South Carolina. I don't know. You were close. Same I was. difference. <laughs> Same, you know. And it's just, I just want to also note that there are blackout dates for that promotion right around uh, Thanksgiving. So if you're planning on going, then you're going to not get that deal. Um, the second thing I have for rapid fire is effective immediately. The insurance cost has increased by $10 per person on the Disney Cruise Line sailings. Uh, there's a $10 increase for the first and second passenger in a room, and it's applied to all three, four, and seven night sailings. This is for new bookings only. If you've already booked, you've locked in your insurance rate. However, if you make any changes to your cruise reservation, they're going to apply the increase in the insurance. So just be aware of that. Um, it's still a bargain. Yeah. I, I think insurance is a smart deal, especially if you're coming from somewhere far away. Right. You want to make sure you have that insurance. Uh, the character breakfast on board the Disney Magic has been updated to include Mickey's Island Jam. It's a unique interactive entertainment and dining experience held in Parrot Cay. Uh, Mickey's Island Jam celebrates the tropical theme of the dining room. And that's a new dining experience on the ships. Sounds like a lot of fun. And lastly, I have, there's going to be a new collectible pirate gift card out there. Um, if you're anything like my brother, anything that has pirates on it, he just wants to snatch right up. <laughs> These are limited design cards for the Disney gift card, and uh, they're inspired by the Pirates of the Caribbean franchise. Um, they're going to be released on June 15th and followed by more releases on July 1st and July 15th and only being uh, produced in limited runs of 10,000. Hmm. Cool. Well, thanks very much. Mine's nice and short. I'm just uh, letting everybody know that we have updated uh, information on dining for Thanksgiving, Christmas, and New Year's on the Diz. We're going to have a link to that, along with everything we're talking about in Rapid Fire this week. We'll have a link to that in the show notes podcast.wwinfo.com I just took a look at that. Regina did an excellent job. Um, all the pricing for everything. Yep, pricing's up there on it's, everything. It's I was looking awesome. at it last night. And again, you know, we're you know we're doing our Christmas in July series uh, each week this month. And uh, as I mentioned, the reason that we're, we're we're mentioning it and talking about it is if you're really and truly, if you're planning, uh, if you're even thinking about going, 
to Disney for the holidays. You need to start planning it now. Just an update. Um, it's my understanding that the Candlelight Processional is already sold out for Christmas Eve at all locations. It would not surprise me at all. So if you're thinking about doing that anywhere near the holidays, you might want to act quickly. All you have to do is secure it with a credit card. They don't actually charge your card until 48 hours prior to your arrival. And then if you cancel, there's a penalty, but they don't charge your card until you actually dine. So if you're thinking about doing it, you might want to grab your reservation now. Yep. So, all right. And uh, Mr. Varley, what do you have? I have a, a rapid fire. Uh, magical beginnings. Uh, the little ones travel times from August 26th to October 28th. They have finalized the uh, Playhouse Disney concert series. And they have the, oh, here we go. Imagination Movers from August 30th to September 2nd and September 20th to the 23rd. The Doodle Bops from September 6th through the 9th. Playhouse Disney Live on Tour September 13th through 16th. And Choo Choo Soul. I don't know who that is. But September. Any of them must, are, must, they must be immigrants. I'm g- no, but I'll probably find out when the, my grandchildren come down this month. Uh, September 27th through the 30th, and October 4th to the 27th. These and concerts are really popular. Tremendously popular. Then we have Ralph, especially with the immigrants. R- Ralph's World, October 11th through the 14th. Johnny and the Sprites, October 18th to the 21st, and Dan Zanes. From October 25th through the 28th. I'm waiting for Josie and the Pussycats. I don't know. I have them on here. I, I thought Choo Choo was pretty cool. Uh, <clears throat> I also have an, another rapid fire. There's a uh, modification to resort signature uh, dining dress code. And uh, starting, well, it started already July 1st. The dress code for uh, signature dining locations has been modified to allow guests to wear T-shirts. However, the policy uh, remains that T-shirts with offensive language or graphics are not acceptable. It used to be you had to have a collared shirt. Was uh, resort casual was the was the term they used. And you had to have a However, it was never. I was going to say, uh, did they ever turn anybody out? No. We uh-huh. did in the night. We did ate dinner in Narcissus. Uh, they they told us when I made the reservation that you had to have a collared shirt, so we all complied. However, the majority of the people in the restaurant had on T-shirts. And I think what it, the only change is they've changed the wording to the rule. Mm-hmm. So now you're not guilty anymore. <laughs> Crazy. Yeah. Whatever floats your boat. I, I'm just reading here. Uh, ladies' dress code. Jeans, skirts, or dress shorts, and a blouse, sweater, or a dress is required. You must have one of those on. That's pretty much restaurant. everything. Well, they just don't want you wearing bathing suits or a beach cover-up. Yeah, pretty much the only things that aren't allowed. It says tank tops, swimming suits, swimsuit cover-up, a hat for gentlemen, cutoffs, or torn clothing. And that thing with the tank tops, that's not strapless sundresses or spaghetti straps. They mean sunlit. like the men who wear the tank tops right. that come down to their hips and their armpits are exposed. Right, right. Disgusting in a restaurant. Because we always get questions about that. <laughs> does I mean, it say come any, on. Does it say anything about footwear? Because usually it's like no open-toed shoes. Yeah. Footwear. Like sandals. Yeah. Let's see. Nope. You have to wear shoes or something. No. Yeah. Or boots. Or boots. <laughs> boots and a sundress. Okay. Well, thank you very much, Bob. That'll do it for Rapid Fire this week. And... Um, 
we're going to move on and talk to Corey and Julie a little bit about uh, their experience this past week with Julie's sister, her 10-year-old sister who was in town, getting a chance to see the parks through the from uh, from her perspective. So why don't you tell us a little bit about the week? It was busy. <laughs> we were both really tired yesterday. Um, we started off our week. We went to see Ratatouille. Um, she really wanted to see that. She actually, really funny, her nickname is Rat. It was given to her by uh, one of our other siblings, a brother, and it just stuck. And she loves it. So she really, really liked the movie. Let's put it that way. <laughs> but we, I think we all four enjoyed it because it was Corey, myself, Taylor, and also Corey's sister, Anna. So it was the night of two sisters that night. But um, then we also did Winter Summerland over by Blizzard Beach. We played both courses. Um, both were equally fun, but we both liked summer better. Just more fun. Uh, no complaints or anything about it. Everything was went smoothly, and everyone was really nice to us. We came across a guy named Jesus, and she looks at me and says, that man's name is Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> I had to explain to her a little bit about um, Hispanic people <laughs> and that it does not pronounce Jesus. So that was kind of interesting. But then uh, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday were our busiest days. On Thursday, we did MGM and Disney Quest. She's a big high school musical fan, so we saw the pep rally, um, the aerial show. We also did the great movie ride, which we all three discussed and think that it need to be renamed the classic movie ride because she had no idea what any of those movies were. Except the Wizard of Oz. Well, no, um, and Mary Poppins, which she has never seen. But, you know, I mean, Singing in the Rain and, I mean, another classics in Casablanca. But 10-year-old kids today don't know what those are. Their grandparents might. Yeah, exactly. You know, but it's, it's not interesting for her. The most fun part for her was the gangster, of course. But um, Disney Quest. We did Ariel. We did the Ariel, Ariel show. Oh, also. yeah. I said that, didn't I? Yes, yeah, you, you did, Julie. Little yeah. Mermaid. You did say that, I think that, the Julie. highlight of MGM, we, uh, we got to meet Remy and Emil from yeah. Ratatouille. That definitely was her highlight because we were waiting. We got a fast pass for the Little Mermaid voyage, and we had like 20-minute window. And the line was pretty long for to see uh, Remy and Emil. So we waited more time, and you know, we're like, oh, gosh, I hope it hurries, hurries, hurries. And they went on break, and they came back, and we were just, you know, <laughs> really anxious. But we made it, and so where, she... Where are they? The animation. Yeah. At the end, at, if you go on the animation tour at the end where they kind of like drop you off, we didn't go on the animation tour. We just kind of went backwards through the <laughs> gift shop and yeah. you go that way. So, yeah, they're in there. Is they that have, where the cars yeah. thing uh-huh. is? Exactly where the cars. So they took exactly. that out? Yep. Right. Now it's all Ratatouille. Ratatouille. Cool. It's a cool little were, backdrop. They were really cool. They were just like in the movie. Um, when she walked up to them, she was feeling their ears. So then they started playing with her ears, you know, and being silly with her. So she really enjoyed it. And so did I. Yeah. Emil <laughs> tries to eat everybody's hair and yeah. stuff like that. He's always hungry. He's, he's the one that eats all the time. Yeah. But Disney Quest was fun, too. She We did um, some sort of river ride, which nearly killed me. Oh, the, the Jungle Cruise. The <laughs> oh virtual God. Jungle Cruise. Oh, the Virtual Jungle Cruise. Yeah, yeah that's paddle a, and paddle and paddle. I'm like, okay, guys, workout. I'm done paddling. <laughs> that's a workout. Did they throw water at you? Mm-hmm. Yeah, they yeah. do. We were going to do the pirate, but there was a long wait for that no, one. That's a great ride. Um, I really enjoy that. We Corey and I had done it before together, but she had never been on that. And then Magic Kingdom and Epcot were on Friday. Uh, those Magic Kingdom is her favorite park, but Epcot was on her list because of the seas with Nemo and friends, obviously. And we spent a lot of time in there. Um, we rode the clamshells, rode the ride twice. We saw a dolphin training session, um, looking at jellyfish and the clownfish, of course, and... Um, 
giant clams and stuff. We actually got to the Magic Kingdom very early. What we did, we knew it was going to be a double park day, so we we drove to Epcot and caught the monorail from Epcot to uh, to the Magic Kingdom. Wow. So our car was going to be there. Which is the best ride in the park. Yeah, and we sat we sat in the front. The mm-hmm. monorail was completely empty. This was about what? Uh, Before 9 o'clock. Like it was 8 like, o'clock. Yeah. Yeah, it was really early. We had the monorail to ourselves. Because we did the welcome show at Magic Kingdom. Yeah. Had so. to see my sister's in the welcome show, so we had to go see that. It takes mm-hmm. place like fifteen minutes before the park opens. Yeah, I mean we we did a lot. Oh my gosh, I can't believe how much we did in that short amount of time. And the fact that we got there early really helped us because we immediately rode Splash Mountain, then grabbed our fast pass to so go back later. Rode Big Thunder, grabbed a fast pass for it after an hour, and went back to ride that again. So you did exactly what we tell people to. do. Oh yeah, for sure. Well, Corey, yeah. he's our planner, of course. You know. <laughs> He makes sure we get things done. But I think the neatest thing at Magic Kingdom was we were getting on the teacups, which she and I both love, and Corey can't ride. So um, <laughs> Yeah, I can't uh, ride. It'll ruin my day. <laughs> the Mad Hatter and Alice were getting on, too, and they rode right beside us in the, the teacup cool. next to us. So in most of the photos that Corey took, uh, we can see the Alice and the Mad Hatter in our photos. Wow. Cool. That's well, once cool. we were off the ride, they went to, you know, to greet people. So we immediately jumped in line so she could get their autograph and take a photo. Um, the Mad Hatter apparently knew Anna because he was in the welcome show. And I, she, I remember I watched her. She was pointing us out and we were all waving to them and everything. And once we were leaving, the Mad Hatter says to us, he said, so how did you enjoy the welcome show? I'm like, out of all those people, you know, I'm like, so I know he must have known her. <laughs> Julian Taylor wore their uh, Mickey ears all day long. Yeah. So you can, you can definitely see him from across the park. <laughs> but that was really cool that he remembered, you know, and it was fun for her and for me. Uh, what else did we do? I'm trying to think. Um, we did Pirates, Buzz of course. Buzz Lightyear. We did um, Laugh Floor Comedy Club. She loved that, and which we always enjoy. And it's always different every time, which I think is really cool. And then... Turtle Talk with Crush was that was yeah, my once first we time. Yeah, Epcot. Mm-hmm. Turtle Talk was funny. I mean, Dude. I, I just oh yeah, that was the greatest Dude. part. She loved learning all the different emotions that you can do with dude. <laughs> if you're in a bad mood, dude. Something's way cool. You're like dude. <laughs> There's another word you can do that with. <laughs> but it did rain on us at Epcot for quite a while. So that was the first time, the her whole visit, that we actually had to be in the rain. We lucked out most days and were home by the time it rained. Um, our last day, Typhoon Lagoon and Blizzard Beach. Wow. Yeah, so we had a lot of stuff She's home resting in. now, right? <laughs> <laughs> Let's put it this way. We, we got her home on Saturday, oh, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. Every night, she fell asleep watching the movie. It took us three nights to get through Ferris Bueller's Day Off because she kept falling asleep. <laughs> So we had a great time, though, and seeing it through her eyes. And she's really, you know, she'll say, oh, I like that or didn't like this. And, you know, we try not to make her wait too long as far as, you know, the lines are con- concerned. And we got to do Soren. That was the last thing that we did, which I had not done before. And of course, Really? Mm-mm. Wow. And, she, of course, she hadn't either. And I think it was a really great way for us to end yeah, her we got, park vacation. We, we got know, the last fast pass for the day. It was like between 8 and 9. And we, we left the attraction around 8.30. It was still like a 50-minute wait. Mm-hmm. What time did you pick up your fast pass? I'd say around 6.30. That's mm, not it was 7. 7.30. Wow. So that's not bad. No, that's really good you got one that late. I think. I thought yeah, it was it, like It was 7. earlier because then we went to go eat somewhere. Yeah. They're usually going before that. Yeah. yeah. Did you find the parks overly crowded? Magic Kingdom, yes. Epcot, no. Really? I mean, well, Magic Kingdom, not, I wouldn't say like where we couldn't move, but it was definitely a lot of people. But we did get there really early. Yeah. 
And then we, so we I left. Think that helped. We left a little after midday. We left right before the three o'clock parade. I think yeah. right at two thirty. And that's the secret is getting there early. I mean, even the, on the Fourth of July when I went in, it, until about eleven eleven thirty, it was manageable, and mm-hmm. you could get on the rides. and And then as I was going out, there's like three ferry boats, and they're jam packed to the gills, and they're hanging off the side just to to get over across and so getting there early is really a secret did you guys get her to fantasy land at all we did the teacups in fantasy land but that was it that was it she really is a little too big for all that like she kind of wanted to do peter pan but i mean splash mountain is her favorite ride of mine too the problem i find is uh the fantasy land uh queues were huge mm-hmm. we were there they always are nephews. i mean talking about hour hour and 20 minutes to ride peter pan the other thing is that section of the magic kingdom Very narrows good. down mm-hmm. yeah. and there's also i think part of it is the stroller brigade brigade because those rides appeal to the younger kids it's always rows and rows and rows of strollers the it's other thing a, is peter pan is one of the slowest ro- loading rides in the in the park i think we yeah. also tried to keep her away from that area because we knew like that she she loves frontierland and adventureland the most. If you can get them to avoid that part, yeah. you can see a lot more. Pay no oh, attention yeah. to those rides. <laughs> no, there's nothing back there you want to say. It's you closed. Say if they're not it's as closed. exciting, I told her. As, you know, yeah. And she's done them before. The only thing I would say is that the one really good thing back there is the Mickey's PhilharMagic. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's almost And like, you can kind of skirt the rest of it. Well, Mickey's PhilharMagic is good because you can save that for the end of the day. Mm-hmm. It's such a big theater and absorbs so many people. Now, how is she um, eating-wise? Is she a big eater? She loves Caesar salads, chicken Caesar salads. She'll eat those all day. Um, when we, we ate, she'd normally have like a little piece of something. She's not a big eater. We did all counter service. Yeah. So. And how did she, uh, you know, how was she with the food? Oh, fine. There was always something that she liked. She's easy to please with the yeah. food, really? which is great. She eats hot dogs, hamburgers, chicken fingers, fish, and her chicken Caesar salads. <laughs> I just think that's so funny for a 10-year-old. That is that funny. Is funny. I tell you what, I notice everywhere where they sell Hannah Montana stuff and high school musical stuff. I mean, you really when you have someone who's focused on that. Yeah, my brother's really focused on the pirate stuff, mm-hmm. and you just notice it's like, first of all, it's everywhere. Yeah, you can't turn go to any store without seeing it. It's really pervasive. Yeah. Well, we had bought her the she wanted a T-shirt at MGM. We bought it. Well, we didn't try it on. Of course, she normally wears a medium. Well, we got it home and she put it on. I just brought it was too small, so I brought it back with me to the Magic Kingdom the next day, and they exchanged it no problem, even though I had bought it at a different park. You know, not even I had to just show him my receipt, and he said, "Okay, well here you go. Here's the large. I'll take the medium. No mm-hmm. paperwork. It was really great." <laughs> and I also wanted to say we really ran into a lot of. Um, Good cast cast members, really. We I, did. I will say that when the kids were here that the week before, the cast members were superb everywhere also, we went. I also think part of it is how you approach. Oh them. yeah, but she so, had her name on the back of her hat. She was approached. Be by like, a lot how are them. you having a good time, Taylor? And she would be like, "What? Huh? How do you know my name?" And I'm like, "Remember your hat? Is, your name is on the back we of your always, hat." <laughs> we tell people all the time, get the kids the name tags because that's a great way to do the character interaction, and they pay attention to them. Mm-hmm. Really special special treatment. Yeah, oh, we yeah, went through Toontown, sure. too. We, we got yeah, to meet Mickey. Yeah, she got to meet Mickey and get his signature. I think she enjoyed that a then lot, Then we caught too. the train back to Frontierland so we can use our Fast Pass. And one thing I wanted to mention, I know a lot of people might know this, but some people might not. Just because you get a Fast Pass and it says your return time is from 10 to 11, you can st- you can go any time after that time. So we went, we went to Splash Mountain first thing in the morning, grabbed the Fast Pass. The return was between 10 and 11. We didn't use it until... 
probably around one o'clock, mm-hmm. two o'clock in the afternoon. That's a huge thing. We actually found I saw people in line at uh, Splash Mountain who tried to give us their fast passes. They said, "Oh, we didn't get a chance to go. Would you guys like to go?" And I explained to them, "You can use it anytime yeah. after that." I never knew that. That's terrific. Mm-hmm. Thank you very much. So now the people on the Diz boards are going to crucify you for saying that. Well, well I've, it's I've never been turned away, and I can say I've done it about a hundred times. There's no. I'm sorry. There's no policy written right. that says that's another thing that is Disney's responsibility to enforce. Right. If they don't want you doing that. It is their responsibility to enforce it. It's not the responsibility of the people on the boards to get moralistic and judgmental and say, no, you shouldn't do that. And I've heard cast members say it. I've heard cast members say, no, you can use that now. Yeah. It's good anytime after you come in. So it's it's an unwritten policy of Disney's that once the, the start time is done, you can use that again, which is a great tip for getting a second one. Exactly, because we were able to get a second one um, for Buzz Lightyear. Mm-hmm. So we had two sets of fast passes on us that we hadn't used yet. So. It was great. It was great. <laughs> but I also wanted to say, uh, the only complaint that I had was at Blizzard Beach, our food, our hamburgers. We all had hamburgers from um, Lotta Wada Lodge. Stale bread, first of all. It was not nearly as good as my hamburger at MGM. I don't know if I can compare them. They're probably supposed to be the same. But we asked for tomato and lettuce to put on our burgers. They gave us the end of the tomato you know the part was like with the stem yes yeah with the pit or whatever that's what they all were and i could not believe that they would slice <laughs> yeah, these and put them into the container for tomatoes and they then serve these a, to guests that's that's a special bag of ends right? <laughs> yeah <laughs> they gave ends. them to the people I mean, they like do you eat these you know oh, I was so throw mad. them to the chickens that's what my mom would do <laughs> <laughs> To the chickens. <laughs> the chickens are there at Blizzard Beach. <laughs> but you know what I mean. You're absolutely right. I don't understand that. Or you get the tomato that's yellow and hard. Yeah. And you're like, you wouldn't eat this. Come on. I mean, it, remi- it made me think about Ratatouille and think about Remy. Smell it. Make sure it's good before you <laughs> cut it open and serve it to people. But overall, it was a good I, That day. was my only complaint. Yeah. And at Blizzard Beach and at Typhoon, we never waited more than 20 or 30 minutes for, you know, like a, a fun ride, a slide or... You know, no. The ones that we wanted we to do. We didn't do Summit or Slush Gush no. because those were 45 and up uh, weights. But Everything else was, was good. We actually started our day around 11.30. We got to Blizzard, and it was closed due to, due to capacity. So we went to Typhoon and waited, and then we returned mm-hmm. to Blizzard after 2 o'clock. So if you plan on going to Blizzard during the busy times, get there around opening, as close as you can get to opening if you want to get in there. So. And she preferred Blizzard Beach. Did she? She, mm-hmm. she should. <laughs> Blizzard over typo But it was fun Yeah Well that's good I'm glad you guys had a good time it Sounds like you got a lot uh, You got to see a lot And do a lot It was okay. Christmas in July for her Because she went home With so much stuff That's cool Oh she was running around Our house on Friday night With the Mickey hands on Going high four High four <laughs> <laughs> Well that's good I'm glad you guys Had a good time Yeah thanks for great. the uh, Thanks for the report and um, we're going to move on to our next segment. We're actually going to come over and talk to Kevin Close about uh, his experience at Chef Mickey's. Before I start, I have a little mini rant. Okay. It's another thing where people are being a little moralistic. There's been a great deal of discussion about on the boards about making reservations at restaurants. And what we're finding is that Disney's reservation system is flawed. When you call Disney Dining, if you're a party of two... You are often turned away as the restaurant being full. What that really means is that the restaurant's two tops, the tables that only see two people, are already booked. However, if you tell them you have a reservation for, or you need a reservation for a party of three or four, there are plenty of tables available at most times. There's a great deal of discussion on the boards about whether it's lying 
or morally wrong to lie and tell people you have a third person in your party. And I am of the belief that if you are the next person in line and there's a table available, you should get the table. And if you have to jump through hurdles to beat Disney's system at this, so be it. And if anybody wants to tell you they're wrong, tell them to come see me. I agree with you, Kevin. I'm sorry. If I walked into a restaurant and there were tables of four available and they told me that there was only, because there were only two of us, that all of the two tops were taken, I would raise a fit. I would go crazy on this. So I think if you're the next person in line and you've called and there's a table available, now I'm not suggesting that a party of two sit at the only table for eight in the restaurant before I get these letters. What about my family of eight and, you know, there's never a table for, I understand. But if there's a table for four, no restaurant in their right mind would turn away a paying customer because there was not a party of two, a table for two people. Right. And think about it this way. If you are a party of three, there are no tables for three in any restaurant. There are no triangular tables. So you're going to get a table for four anyway because so there's going to be an empty seat. This is, my, this, is, this is really bugging me that people are being chastised for saying that there's three people in their party in order to get a reservation. I think mm-hmm. it's just wrong. And we, we ran into this ourselves at Spoodles that one night. Right. We tried to get a priority seating or an ADR. For two of us was told no. Kevin said, let's just show up. The restaurant was empty. And the person in the restaurant said, this is because of the dining system. And This wasn't just the person. This was the manager the of the manager, restaurant. Right. Who then said to us, you guys have to learn to work Disney's reservation system. There was nobody in the restaurant except the two tables that they had for two people had people at them. The rest of the restaurant was empty. Mm-hmm. And they told us on the phone that the restaurant was full. So what I'm suggesting is that if, you have, if you're looking for a reservation, be creative. If there's a table available, your family deserves to eat there too. If they say two people, you were fulled up, say what happens if I'm a party of three? Right. And see if that opens up. Another example of this, and then I promise I'll move ahead. Bob's family and our family decide, we, have, we celebrate Christmas Eve together. And every year we ask for a table for eight on Christmas Eve, and they look at they sound like you know we're asking for them to, to shoot us to the moon. So what we do is we make two tables for, to make reservations for two tables of four, and then we get to the restaurant. They never have a problem either seating us together or seating us next to each other. So it's the kind of thing that if there's a, if Disney's going to set up these fake hurdles, you're going to have to learn to circumvent them. Mm. My yeah. rant, my rant is over. Good info. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, good tip. Chef Mickey's. Um. Chef Mickey's is a special case. I would recommend it not for the food. The food is very basic buffet fare. You're looking at mediocre buffet food. However, I don't I think we were the only people there who were even interested in the food. Chef Mickey's is a little bit of organized chaos and everybody there had children and everybody there was there to see the Fab Five. Mickey, Minnie, Donald, Goofy, and Pluto wander this restaurant almost continually. It seemed to me that the last time I was there, which was several years ago, they kept doing this thing where they played really excruciatingly loud music and had everyone scream and wave their napkins in the air. They only did that once while we were there, and it was a lot more low-key. However, the characters roamed endlessly. And I mean, come on, you're going to Walt Disney World. You're going to the House of the Mouse. Everybody wants to see Mickey and Minnie. Mickey walked around the restaurant almost continually. There was a table next to us who had three small children. I, the one kid ate a bowl of Fruit Loops. I think he ate six Fruit Loops in the entire time <laughs> he was there. And the mother and father had plates of food sitting in front of them, but very rarely touched them. It's all about the character interaction. If you're looking to meet the Fab Five, Chef Mickey's is the place to go. It's a controlled environment. 
The characters come to your table. They posed for pictures. They spent as long at each table as they needed to to satisfy that everybody got their picture, everybody got their autograph, everybody got their hug. They posed for multiple pictures. They hugged everybody around the table. If you're looking for a place to have breakfast, there are better places to have breakfast. Go to Kona Cafe and have a glorious breakfast. That's not what this is about. This is not a dining destination. This is a place to eat while your kids hug the characters. I the food was they had um they had fresh fruit. They had lox and cream cheese and bagels and there was some salmon. There was powdered eggs. There was an uh omelet. They had something I've never seen before. They did corned beef hash with a cornbread topping on it. Ooh. It was kind of like a a casserole. They had good. bacon. There was a lady standing there making uh pancakes. None of it was bad. I can't say anything bad about it. Um, it wasn't very hot, and we have somebody in our party who really likes their food hot. I spoke to a our server who made sure that anytime my mom got something that she wanted to eat, she took it in the back room and microwaved it. They couldn't have been nicer to us. And But the food just isn't great. But again, I don't suggest that's why people go there. If you're just looking for a place to have breakfast, there are better choices. If you're looking for a, like a... A higher quality of food. But if you want to play with the characters, that's the place to go. It's eighteen ninety nine for adults and ten ninety nine. It's not bad. It's not bad for a kid. It really wasn't. And uh, they took the dining experience, right. so we got 20% off. Breakfast for four of us with the Disney dining. Now, we're all adults. Breakfast for four of us was, I think, $60. Six, a little over 60 bucks. You can't beat that with a stick. For, for, the, for the character interaction, for eating in... The contemporary and having the monorails go overhead, I mean, it's really a complete. So it's Disney a lot more. Experience. It's atmosphere is what is what makes it worth it, not the food. It's atmosphere and character interaction, and I think people are looking for me to slam this, and because I, I don't think anybody thinks the food is all that great, and I really can't say anything bad about it. It, it is what it is, and it was not inedible. No, I mean we all ate and everybody came out full. I mean it wasn't horrible. It's not the kind of place. If it was not for the characters, this would be dismal. If you were just going there to have breakfast, they could do a lot better. Mm. No one's interested in the food. They have a, an incredible selection, though. Pastries and fresh fruit and, and cut-up fruit and three or four different kinds of eggs and the bacon other thing and sausage. Do, everything is, there's something for all of your kids. There's Mickey-shaped waffles. There's pancakes. There's fruit. There's a cereals. couple kinds of cereals. There's pastries. There's... There's something for everybody. How difficult is it to get reservations? It was tough. Um, it was tough. I made our reservations weeks in advance, and I pretty much called and said, I'll come when you have an opening. So if you're looking for a reservation and you've got that you can do it 180 days out, this is one of those places that if you're really looking to eat there, I would suggest you start counting your days and make sure that you call at about the 180-day mark. Now, keep in mind that people who are staying on the resort have that 180-day plus 10 thing, so they can make reservations for the full length of their stay. I think you really need to be flexible. I explained that I didn't... Oh, Chef Mickey's is only open for breakfast and dinner. There's no lunch served. However, we were there on a Thursday, and I believe breakfast goes till noontime. Oh, wow. So it's a, a pretty wide window there. And we didn't go for dinner. We only went to the one. So I suggest if you're looking for it, you go with an open mind and just take the the reservation you can get. We had a reservation for 10.15 on a Thursday 
morning. Talk, talk a little bit about the picture. Oh, they do this thing where you, everybody who goes to the line, they um, the logo for Chef Mickey's is Mickey holding a plate with a knife and fork, one a knife in one hand and a fork in another hand, and you see Mickey's head behind it. Well, they ask everybody in the group to get behind Mickey's that cut out of that, and they take your picture. And then before the meal is over, they come around and you get an 8x10, a 5x7, and four little wallet sizes, or three little wallet sizes, and they were charging twenty nine ninety five. Oh, my. It should be included. Well, that's what we thought. <laughs> we thought, oh, how great. We're going to get a free picture. And she came over with this, like, school, the thing you get in school. You can oh. have this package for twenty nine ninety five. And if you wanted reprints, you could order extras from them, and they would print them up while you had breakfast. I'm of the belief that that's a little bit of a ripoff. Bring your yeah. digital camera, and you can take great pictures. Did they exactly. show you the picture? They did. Yeah. They brought it to the table in this really cool it folder, you. and they leave it with you. Then if you don't buy it, they throw it away. Yeah. So they printed <laughs> them out shame. anyway, and they're going to shred them. But. Yeah. Right. But it's, I, I, I myself don't think the picture is a value. Kevin, uh, I've been reading that during the free, uh, free dining in the end of uh, August through September that they have added a lunch for Chef Mickey's. That's possible. I didn't... When I tell you this is chaotic, Yeah, we were done with breakfast. As I said, ours was 10.15, so we were there about an hour. When we left, the restaurant was not only full, but the line snaked back. Oh, and they opened up Concourse Steakhouse to absorb more of the crowd. So it was not only Chef Mickey's tables they were using. They were using the tables at Concourse Steakhouse, and literally every table was full. That's good to know. Wow. This is... You're eating in the middle of a traffic jam is all yeah, I can tell no, you. I, I have been over there. And, but I just wanted to make that point that I think from the 25th of September to – no, 25th of August to somewhere at the end of September that you might be able to get a, a lunch ADR reservation. To accommodate the, the free dining promotion right. that's going on. I believe you're right, Bob. Something else I noticed. The servers at Chef Mickey's were not the normal – how do I put this? They were not the young kids you see at other locations. Mm. These struck me as seasoned servers who were dealing with this. I, uh, they were older people is what I'm saying. And my age. They were people my age. And I think it has to do with patience and understanding because every table had kids literally bouncing off the walls. They seemed to have staffed this with people who just had the patience of saints. Mm. Our server, You'd have to well, work it, in there. Right. And I think what they've done is they've put people with a lot of experience in this situation, and they were tremendous. Everybody from the people who sat us to the people who waited on us at, to the people at the buffet, everybody was really, really good. I don't have a bad thing to say about them. One more question. Does the price include beverage? Yes. Yes. So juice or coffee? Or? Juice or coffee. And I got to tell you, I had like four tomato juices. So it was. Now, they were serving smoothies and things like that. Those are extra. Yeah, those extra. Are extra. Okay. And please don't waste your money on this. Your kids are not interested in eating. Right. There's a duck hugging them. <laughs> <laughs> How much is that? Duck hugging? Yeah. It's free. It comes with part of the meal. <laughs> the kids, you could see that the kids around us. Where you could see the anticipation. The little kids next to us were literally kneeling on their chairs, and the mother was trying to force food into their mouths, and they were yeah. absent-mindedly just opening their mouth, however, never taking their eyes off the prize. There's one kid that looked like a baby bird. His eyes are really big, and he just kept opening his mouth as his mother put And his food. mother would put food in it. <laughs> it's really funny. So it's, you know, and it was a great, it was great fun to watch, but again, 
if you're looking for a leisurely breakfast and you're all adults and you're looking for kind of a quiet, nice, gourmet breakfast, go someplace else. Cool. Well, thank you very much, Kevin. Appreciate the review. Oh, I also wanted to mention when we were at Typhoon, we uh, we saw someone pass out from heat exhaustion. I mean, I can't stress enough how hot it is out here. And, it is really hot. And just because you're at a water park doesn't mean you don't have to drink water. So, I mean, he, he just passed out right there. I mean, I... I was giving his mom tips on what to do until the lifeguards got there, but it is brutal out there. How old was this guy? Older I was, guy. He was no, he was about seventeen, seventeen or eighteen. Oh, I thought he was like twenty or twenty-one. Yeah. I, I couldn't tell. No, the weather prediction for next week—they're um, having that horrible heat wave out in the, the western part of the country, and it's my understanding that we're going to get part of it. They're expecting weather in Orlando to be in the triple digits next week, which is unusual for us. Mm-hmm. Right. Yes. Wow. But it's the kind of thing that you really need to take heed to the warnings that people give you you need to drink water you need to use air conditioning when you feel it and if you're starting to feel that dry kind of powdery feeling on your skin that's one of the signs it's time to get inside it means you've stopped sweating get something to drink get inside and sit down for a couple minutes yeah don't let your kids say i'm not thirsty make the, if they're not thirsty make them drink a sip just make them yeah, that's what we did with Taylor mm-hmm. the whole trip. Yeah, we explained to her about heat exhaustion, and she drank the water. It's funny because <laughs> same thing with my nephews, and it was I said, "What's going to happen is tonight you guys are going to get leg cramps." Oh no, we we don't drink a lot at home. And the next day they said, "Oh, Uncle Johnny, you were right. We got leg cramps. We were dehydrated." So you really got to force them. Yeah. You guys should see my thigh muscles. They look great. <laughs> all the walking and all those stairs at Blizzard Beach. Last night I was like, wow. <laughs> oh, I, th- I thought that was Bob's thighs. <laughs> oh, I not. Here I am. Well, no, it's, a, it's a good tip. You can't, uh, you can't stress it enough, especially yeah. the way the weather's been. And soda doesn't count. No, soda. do not drink soda. Do not drink soda and get some salt. Coffee doesn't it also. count. Tea doesn't count. It's you really be, need to drink clear liquids. Or it's going to be hot as oceanfront property in Panama next week. <laughs> Bob's Are you inventing get, a saying, he's Bob? He's trying to get quoted. <laughs> I have a bunch of quotes for the heat. Okay. Want to hear a few more? No, no, no really. No. Okay, we have to get. To. We have to move on now. Okay. Christmas in July, our next installment. We're going to talk about uh, Christmas on board the Disney Cruise Line. Uh, we talked last week about uh, some of the Christmas events you'd find in the theme parks, and um, you know we're talking about Cruise Line. And those of you who were thinking, I was checking last night. Uh, on our little cruise line calculator that we have on the site. Um, we've, Dreams has some availability for cruises in December 3, 4, and 7 night. Um, and uh, these things usually go on from Thanksgiving on. So, Correct. John, why don't you talk a little bit about what's going to be happening on well, board the cruise line for Christmas. Kevin and I have traveled on a Thanksgiving cruise, so we know for a fact firsthand that Disney starts decorating, as you said, from the day after Thanksgiving. Uh, through New Year's, you'll be able to experience the Christmas decorations, not only on the Disney Cruise Line ships, but also um, the terminal. Uh, one of the things we really get a kick out of is how they decorate the terminal. They put up these giant Mickey hands on the uh, on the support poles, right. the support columns in the middle of the terminal. Mickey's hands are out, and they fill Mickey's hands with these giant Christmas ornaments. That's cool. So it's a really cool thing to sort of walk into the terminal and see that and sort of start your holiday off. Um, so you don't have to be on the ship for Christmas to enjoy the Christmas decorations. They do a great job. There's trees and there's garland and there's all the things you would come to expect Disney to do for Christmas. They also decorate Castaway Key uh, for Christmas as well. 
We were fortunate enough, we had two of our agents on the cruise this past year. They did this special 10-night sailing, and they gave us some of the firsthand stuff that went on for them for their particular cruise this past Christmas. We can't guarantee that this is exactly what's going to happen this Christmas. Right. This just gives gives you an idea of what some of the things that DCL does. And I'm sure they're going to take the stuff that worked and then make that better and and then add stuff to it. That's what they're really good at. Um, One of the things is that for the most part, the, the Christmas stuff was centered around Christmas Eve and Christmas Day. It wasn't like the whole cruise they were doing Christmas stuff. It was decorated, but the bulk of the Christmas activities occurred Christmas Eve and Christmas Day. Christmas Eve, they had a traditional uh, dinner was served in the dining rooms. Turkey was one of the selections, as well as a whole bunch of other stuff that you can get. Uh, Santa came to the lobby on Christmas Eve and actually gave out presents to all the kids. Wow, cool. And what uh, Tammy, one of our agents, said was she was surprised at how great the presents were, how good the presents were. She figured everybody get a little keychain or something, you know, like a, a free DVC thing or something. And they actually gave out big pillows with the characters on them, silk pillows oh, that cool. had the characters' pictures on them. So she was very impressed with that. Um, also, Mrs. Claus was there Christmas Eve, and she read The Night Before Christmas in the lobby. And that same night, in everyone's stateroom, they got a special lithograph, Christmas lithograph, and wow. chocolates in hmm. their stateroom. So... Disney really does a great thing for them. They also, see, they also yeah, oh. <laughs> that's funny. We think I see they also have a Catholic mass on Christmas Eve yeah, too. That's what I was going to say. They've oh. got a, they had a, <laughs> had a Catholic mass at eight thirty in the Buena Vista Theater, and then later on that night at nine thirty they had an uh, interdenominational mass, and they did the same thing for Christmas morning. So Christmas Eve morning and Christmas Day morning, they both had a Catholic mass and a special interdenominational mass for those of you looking for more. Um, spiritual aspect of the Christmas on the on the cruise line. The characters were all dressed up for Christmas, dressed in their you know, special Christmas garb with their hats and stuff, so that's really cool to see. Um, Castaway Key was decorated for Christmas with a that tree. That must be cool. They said it was really cool now. They did a, they did a tree on the dock hmm. and they did um, special garland and things on the buildings and stuff, but it was done in a um, tropical theme. So the garland would have little ships and seahorses and stuff like that on it. Uh, and also the tram was decorated like a reindeer. So, oh, that's cool. So the tram that went from the... I want to go on a Christmas cruise. <laughs> Sounds great, doesn't it? <laughs> it's nice to know that they only, can find the magic, huh? But they're only, they're only doing this um, Christmas Eve, Christmas Day. They're not doing anything, any kind of events, like just... The decorations the are up. The decorations are up, right. But for, for the rest of the, te- of the cruise... There was nothing special going on related to Christmas. Um, they did have Christmas Eve. They had the caroling in the atrium, and everyone could participate in that. And also on Christmas Day, on the big screen TV, the Dumbotron or Aerial View TV, depending on what ship you're on, they did show the Christmas Day parade from Walt Disney World. Oh, that's cool. And they think they showed it twice. So that's pretty cool. But again, you're not looking at... That um, is cool. You're not looking at it being a whole cruise-long event that's Christmas-oriented. Yeah. It's just Christmas, even Christmas Day. And they happened to go to uh, Castaway Key on Christmas Day, and they said one of the things that they did was a um, they had the they had cast members out in front of the post office singing to them 
caroling as they cool. got off the ship. So that was very yeah, cool. I noticed that on here. I too. think this year, Christmas Day, uh, they're in Saint Martin. On the oh, I think is that is, it, is that specifically what the itinerary is? Because they may change it around. They may well. I I was told they were going to be in Saint Martin on Christmas Day. Now the cruises I mentioned before that the Dreams has in, in their on, on the online calculator does do not include the Christmas Day sailings. These are all just sailings that are after the while the ship is decorated, but before. Right. The Christmas sailing is very popular. It's a uh, a um, high season price. It's going to be. One of your more expensive cruises yeah. to get on, and it's, it's the week between Christmas and New Year. All the kids are out of cruise. school. Um, just want to mention a couple other things that they did do on the past cruise was uh, the kids did Christmas crafts in the Oceaneers Lab, and for some of the teenagers, they had a Jingle Bell Ball that they were able to attend. So it sounds like Disney really does this whole. Um, try to get everybody involved for Christmas. Make sure everyone's having a really good time. Well, for the NFL fans, they do have the NFL Sunday ticket. You know, they have big games on Christmas Day. So for the dads and sons and other really cool. football yeah, I, fans, I can tell you, you they, won't miss your game. They also have the Super Bowl. I know that's not Christmas; it's after Christmas. But they do show the Super Bowl. Yeah, any of the big games they usually mm-hmm. show. Well, In I was disappointed right? they didn't show the finale of American Idol on the ship. <laughs> Not quite the same. Not, no, I, no, well, figure, to no, me it was. No figure skating championships. <laughs> <laughs> if it had been on ABC, it might have been on there. So they really do a great job. Um, again, I just want to point out that a lot of this was what occurred this past year, so we can't say it's 100% of what's going to happen this next year, but you can count on Disney mm-hmm. doing a great job. Disney doesn't ignore the holidays. No. would be a cool way to spend Christmas, though. I think so, too. There's a Jimmy Something Buffett song called Christmas in the Caribbean. You can have it yourself. No. <laughs> I am looking at the, the December 16th Navigator, and they do the tree lighting. It's where they do the finishing touches to the tree. So that's I'm sure there's tree lighting ceremonies and things like that, yeah, I would imagine. But most of the stuff took place on Christmas Eve and Christmas Day. We were there for a Thanksgiving cruise, and they had a uh, traditional Thanksgiving meal on Thanksgiving. So you can count on that stuff to a little story. We were sitting in the main restaurant Triton's, I believe. And next to the staircase, there were these two tall, thin silver Christmas trees. And it was one of the nights when the ship was rocking a little bit. And I sat there focused on those Christmas trees and the top of those Christmas trees swayed back (laughs) and forth. And I started to get a little queasy and John said, you have to stop looking at whatever you're looking at. (laughs) Don't focus on the top of the Christmas tree. All right, well, that will do it for us uh, for Christmas in July this week. It will also do it for this week's show. And uh, we'll be back in a little bit with uh, our email show for this week. And uh, if you're staying for that, we'll see you in a little bit. If not, we hope you enjoyed our show, and we'll be back next Tuesday with another edition of the Diz Unplugged Roundtable. Thanks for listening.